and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Maze, I am really, really thrilled to have you on the She's the Boss Chats podcast. Thanks so much for agreeing to be my guest today. Ah, absolute pleasure. Just to be in your company is amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we, we actually, for anyone who's listening, met through um, Singularity U, I think it was, which has just been such a huge um, find for me. I didn't even know it existed, but I'll shut up about it because I want you to tell us all about what you're up to and I know you're involved. But let's start with what it is that you do now. What is your business these days? Yeah, so um, I tell people that I create innovative pathways for entrepreneurs, innovators and leaders by helping them connect with their superpowers so that they can connect with their ideal customers and create their purpose. So I love helping people uh, find out what they do and why they do it. Right. And, and have you got a business around that? Is there a name or are you, what, what are you doing right now? Yeah, sure. So um, I, my business is Maisie Consulting, which has two, uh, two arms to it. Um, I consult to some government agencies um, to assist right. them uh, to develop some programs and some regional innovation hubs, as well as some export hubs and various different hubs. Um, where we bring cohorts of people together um, and get them working together. Um, and then on, uh, I also then work, uh, straight uh, work connected with individual companies um, right. and uh, as a consultant where I pretty much go in as like a chief marketing executive and pretty much run their marketing meetings and, and help them with all of their marketing and their promotions um, and advertising decisions and help their teams make the right decisions. Wow. Well, you're just so amazing on, on both those fronts. Can I also say, is your name real? Like Maze as a surname? <laughs> it's such an ideal surname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say that's very real. And uh, yeah, my uh, it was my husband's name, obviously, um, when I took that on. So, um, so yeah, my uh, my original surname was certainly not as as fantastic as May's. No, I, I have to say I took on Brooke because no one could ever spell my surname or say it the right way for, before I got married. <laughs> and I remember my husband, who's at the time, um, turned around to me and said, oh, you know, it's not that easy with Brooke because it's got an E on the end. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If that's all I have to say to people, I'm happy. But it's such a great name, Maisie Consulting. I love it. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> why did you set it up? Yeah, so I set up my business because I really, I kept going down the line of finding things to do that I was passionate about, but then I also kept connecting with the idea that um, that there was more to my career than just what I was passionate about, that that whilst whilst I certainly wanted to make uh, profit and certainly wanted to be successful um, and be able to support my family by doing that, I also wanted to be purposeful in what I was doing. Um, And so I'd been working with corporates. Um, My background uh, had been in realestate.com and I was working with their leadership team. Oh, wow. I can't wait to hear that bit. We'll get to that bit in a minute. (laughs) Realestate.com. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Okay. So, Uh, yeah. (laughs) I'll go into detail about that one later. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But when I had the chance to take a, take a little break um, uh, when I went on maternity leave, I really thought about what it was that I wanted to actually do. Um, and I wanted to, I realised that I, that, um, that I, by finding my own purpose, I was able to assist other people to find their purpose as well. And it was really the purpose that led to the resilience that I had that, that allowed me to, uh, to get ahead of my game. Yep. Um, and I realised that when I could help people work out what they really wanted um, and connect those pathways to how they could get to that. I, that was when I decided to start my own um, consulting firm, which I did 12 years ago. So amazing. Um, Because I was actually talking with um, a woman a couple of weeks ago. It's a different episode and her name will come to me, but she has a business called the cause effect. And she said similar. So she was in marketing. She realized that if you do have a purpose or, you know, a, a mission, it makes it so much easier both to market it and to grow the business. Is that sort of what you found? Yeah, I actually found I fell out of love for marketing. 
Right. <laughs> Which, um, and so when I first left realestate.com, I ended up, uh, I ended up delving into the traditional pathway of, um, going back to uni and I did digital marketing. Um, I'd always oh, done traditional marketing and yeah. And I extended that with that digital marketing. Um, and it was actually at realestate.com that I, that I, uh, fell in love with data, um, and fell in love with behavioral <laughs> Sorry, sciences. You fell in love um, with data. <laughs> Sorry, that just sent a little shiver down my spine. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's um, my, before I, um, my, originally when I left school, I always thought that I wanted to be a play therapist. And the reason I wanted to be a play therapist is that, um, is that you, by uh, looking at play and how we interact with um, with our environment, um, and at that point I was working with children. Um, yeah. I loved watching how they interacted and what they chose to do, and how the environment around them um, could assist with uh, with their, their mental, their health, and their you know their uh, their physical state. And so, right. uh, when I then delved into marketing, I realised that everything. That that comes into marketing is really about how our how we connect with our customers um, and behaviorably. I then thought, but that can be very subjective, um, yeah. and marketing does become very subjective. And I thought the only way I can make marketing really work is if I can actually have data, um, and then I can actually analyze it, and I can I can be you know the expert in you know being able to give that advice as to what we yeah, can right. actually be doing. So. Yeah, that's amazing. Path that I went on. <laughs> All right. Well, now this leads us perfectly to let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey because I am as nosy as all get out and I cannot wait to hear about it. So I'm going to take you back. Basically, let's go back to how what happened after school that you even started working with children. So what what was your <laughs> growing up life like, and then why children initially, and how it's unfolded since then. I just love hearing these stories because I just feel that for a whole lot of women out there, it's fascinating to find out how people become successful. Yeah. So um, going back, obviously it's not very far. I <laughs> no, say of that. course. I um, mean, I know we're only talking five years, but uh, but yeah, yeah. No. But and I mean, did you have a big family growing up? Have you got lots of brothers and sisters? <laughs> and where did you grow up? And that kind of thing. Yeah. No. I've only I've got one brother. Um. um uh, Gorgeous mother and father that uh, that I think helped me um, develop the abilities that I have right now, right from the moment okay. that they decided to sell their entire belongings and buy a combi van. Um, I was 18 months old at the time. Oh, my and God, you were one of those families that travelled mm-hmm. around with the babies in the – oh, my God, I love it. They were a bit, yep. um, they were, they were a bit uh, in advance of what the rest of the world is doing. I think people have only started doing that in the last five years. <laughs> It's really funny, isn't it? Because right now I see everyone going back to the to the van, right? Um, and how, how, how do you lived. feel about vans these days? I mean, was it a great experience? It was so fabulous. So, um, wow. so what I remember from back then, obviously, I was so young to begin yeah. with, but um, but we ended up settling um, on a um, a hippie commune. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> this is great. We're sort of like Mullumbimby, something like that up around Byron. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. And we lived on a banana plantation. So oh, cool. my entrepreneurial journey started right from then um, because we had to, we had to grow the bananas. We had to uh, pack the bananas and we also had to take the bananas to the train station where we needed the conductors to put them onto the train because that was the only way we made our money. Um, and what wow. I remember at that point was is that they were really tough. They would open up all the banana uh, cases and if they didn't like the way you packed them, they'd push them to the side. And what that meant was that was our weekly food. So we were like a bill that we could then go and buy yeah, our own food right. from. So we then learnt very quickly to, <laughs> to have um, <laughs> to sell, oh, no, have an amazing job <laughs> Yes, yes. We, but we learned we learned to manage product, and we learned yep, to have yeah. great ideas about how we could get these bananas through. Um, so that's really where my entrepreneurial journey started, right from back then. But I didn't Amazing. live in I didn't live on a hippie commune forever, though. How long, uh, so what? So what happened? So your parents packed you up when you were eighteen months old. How long did they travel for? Like six months or a year or something, and then you landed there and how long did you stay? So I remember living um, either in Nimbin or in joint communal housing until I was in grade three. 
Wow. So it was right. quite a long time. Yeah, that is. <laughs> it was quite a long, it's quite a long time. They're very adventurous, your parents. And so, so what did you do after that then? So you obviously <laughs> left the hippie commune at some stage. Where did you go and what did you do? Yeah, so then we came back to we came back to Hawthorne in Victoria. We lived uh, we lived there for uh, for uh, quite a while. We went to the traditional schooling. My family got back in traditional work. My dad was actually um, a he was head of a department at Swinburne University. He was okay. an electrical engineer and he was head of, head of the electrical engineering department. Um, so I fell in love also with learning and education. Yes. Um, and that's always been something that I've reached out to. My mother, on the flip side, um, was always working with people um, and she worked at uh, Fairfield Hospital when it was the infectious disease hospital. So I learned to love wow. people, um, yeah. which is where I. Yeah, and that's where I led myself to after school, um, going to Melbourne University and studying social sciences um, and majored in psychology and psychodrama and play therapy and dance and drama and theatre so that I could develop that. That's a pretty eclectic mix, um, drama and dance and theatre and... um, Anyway, keep going. Fantastic. I'm loving all of this. This is not what I expected. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I realised that I just wanted to, and when I summed all of that up and and there were times when I asked myself why I did that and I just loved to play. Um, And I realised that's what the whole, um, you know, hippie episodes for my mum and dad were as well, was just about learning to play and learning to enjoy um, their purpose, you know, in in their life. And um, and it was that desire to play that then after I'd studied social science that I actually decided to pack my bags and I headed overseas with uh, the first seven nights accommodation booked and then didn't really know what I was going to do. Where did you, um, where did you land? Where, where, were you, where did you start off anyway? Yeah, I started off in San Francisco and I was very lucky that my brother was living there with me at the time. He was living there, so I, oh, so I jumped into into um, his arms, except that day one he sent me off to Tahoe to um, learn to snowboard and I was like, oh, that's interesting, don't know how to do that. Um, But I I headed off, I did that, I had an amazing time, I met some amazing people and um, travelled around uh, the States for a little while and then jumped on a plane to the UK where I knew no one at all. Um, Well, see, that's the benefit of just taking tickets and going, you know what, I'm going to just do I did exactly the same thing in Jamaica and I ended up in Jamaica for three months on my own. (gasps) I've always (laughs) wanted to go to Jamaica. Uh, it is so good. I 100% recommend oh. it. But it, I remember thinking I booked my first two nights accommodation and then, you know, and then it, it, it was up to the universe, I guess, to kind of direct me. So I love it that you did that. So you did America, landed in London, which I, I have also done, and it is bloody scary when you've got no money and you don't know anyone. Exactly. So and I got you? to the point, yeah, well, I got to the point where I didn't have any money. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, I then obviously had to go and find somewhere to live and do all that. And, I look, I met some amazing people that took me under their wing and all that sort of stuff that happens, which I love the fact that you can take those opportunities. And I've always That's been that right. sort of a girl that's jumped in welcomed anything you know and on the flip um, and- side the, the traveling on your own I think means that people everyone can take one person as soon as there's two of you it's it's harder so it just kind of opens up all sorts of weird and wonderful opportunities so that's amazing okay so how long did you stay in the yeah. UK I stayed there for four years um, okay. and that was, I guess, a little breakthrough in my in my career um, because whilst I love to play and whilst I love to, um, to, I thought I was always going to work uh, with children, I realised I probably wasn't going to make the money in doing that that I thought that I also wanted to, yeah. to, to live the lifestyle that I wanted because right. I wanted to be that girl that could do whatever I wanted to do, which meant I needed some money. Yeah. Um, so I needed to get a bit serious and so I worked for some amazing uh, media um, communications and publication agencies um, in okay. the UK and I was very, very lucky to work for one of, uh, at the time, UK's leading overseas property uh, magazine um, and exhibition ah. uh, agency. So that then led me to a love of property. <laughs> um, and so what was the role though? What was the, If you've done social and play, what was the role that you took on in the real estate business that obviously got you into or property that got you into, you know, I'm assuming realestate.com when you got back. But 
what was the role? Like, did you go in as marketing or what did you go in as? I went in as sales. So they had a sales wow. job and <laughs> I had, I'd had done a little bit of sales, um, in the past. Um, but I wouldn't have said that was, that was where I was going to, um, to build my career. But I guess it was a turning point for me because um, I was able to, because of the experiences that I'd had, I was able to talk to almost anybody. Um, and I loved meeting new people. So for me, and I loved the accent. So every time I picked yes. up the phone, I just fell in love with her different accents <laughs> on the end of the phone. And so I would just, I'd have these general chats with all these customers and, and they were all like, wow, you know, it's like we've, like we've known you forever. I'm like, yeah, I feel the same. Let's meet up. Let's meet up. Oh, I love it. And you know, partly that's why London and Londoners <laughs> and English people love Aussies so much because we are like that. And you obviously have yeah. that extra skill. You know, if you can talk to anyone, it's tough though in London. I'm I mean, I found it, I thought, I remember arriving and I do have family there and going, okay, I'm going to meet all these people. It's going to be great. And having a very, very lonely first year because English people are not like us. They don't go, oh, love you. You're great. Come back to my place. Let's become friends. They're more like I need to meet you three times first. (laughs) So did you find that first year super tough or, or did you just kind of, was it a bit of a breeze for you? No, it was super tough. I remembered so many times having tears, um, mm. and I guess that's where that's where I guess my um, my purpose of um, of remaining resilient started from because yeah, I, 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 like, I I got mugged. I had times where I had no money. I remember my mugged. brother ringing me one. Yeah, I Shit. remember my brother ringing me one day and saying to me, Mia, you know, I thought we might have dinner together over, you know, um, just chat to me while we eat. And I said to him, but I'm not eating. And he said, why not? And I said, because I don't have any money. And he went, are you serious? How long have I had money for? And I said, oh, only a few days. So I'm getting paid at the end of the week. I did some casual work. And and uh, he was like, Mia, seriously, you cannot be not eating. And I said, oh, no, it's okay. It's all good. And he was like, no, no, I'm going to send you some money. And so he sent me enough money to get me through for a little while. And, uh, you know, and look, it's all those things that you then, just as I said, builds that resilience and you know that it really doesn't matter um, whatever happens in your life. Yep. You know, you know, you're know you going to get through it. But it's a tough, tough place. But it in is. the end, four Great years, I never thought I'd though. stay there. And yeah. I ended up um, I ended up going to Spain and working in Spain with the same company that I was working, working oh, with. Oh, wow. Tried my hand at language, wasn't so good at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard language, Spanish. I just feel like... German and French and Italian, there's some kind of English thing that you can kind of semi-work it out. There is nothing in Spanish that I can find that, you know, makes no. sense. So you're just lost. Yeah, I found I was much better at the dancing than the, than the talking. <laughs> <laughs> so were you so, sent to Spain like for a year or, or for a period of time or was it just going flying backwards and forwards from London? Um, I was doing that over three or four, uh, over sort of three years. I was traveling between Europe, um, America, and the UK. We used to um, do international property exhibitions. Um, wow. And so I worked on the international property um, exhibition team as well as the magazine team. And so we would we would travel over, but then there was an opportunity for me to, to stay in Spain for uh, for a few months, which I did for, I think it was four months. Um, and then my brother needed some help making a film, which is a whole other story. But yeah, but so I ended up got moving to Portugal, helping him for a little while, um, and then realised that I just wanted to come home, so I came back to right. Australia. Yep, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So you arrived back. Uh, presumably with a little bit in the bank, because I do remember the lovely thing of uh, as much as it's uh, you take your Australian dollars to England and you've virtually got nothing, the other the re- return way is so much nicer. You know, even if you've got 1,500 quid, all of a sudden it's three and a half grand or whatever it was um, at the time. So you arrived back with, with any plans or were you just, I want to come home and I'll work out what I'm going to do when I get there? Yeah, I, that's pretty much how I operate. So, <laughs> so, so I just came back. Didn't really know what I was going to do, but I'd already worked. I'd already been investigating uh, the pathway that I wanted, um, and that right. was I wanted to work at realestate.com. I'd seen that. Uh, I'd seen that it had become really big in um, in Australia while I was working yep. in international property over in um, London, Europe, and um, and the US, um, and I decided that was where I was going to work. So. Right. I so what did you ring them up and say, I'm back. You don't know me yet, but I'm going to come and work for you. <laughs> Pretty much what I did. I walked in one day and I said to them, okay, they, they head office in Richmond. Um, yes. And I pretty much walked in and told them I wanted to work for them. Um, and their response was, well, thanks, but we've got a recruitment freeze on at the moment. We're not recruiting. And I said, well, to me, that just means that, uh, that you don't know what I can do for you. So let's just spend a bit more time together um, and let's create that 
job that hasn't been frozen yet. <laughs> There's got oh to be God, one out I there. I love you. That is brilliant. <laughs> Just make them, yeah. So how long did you stay with realestate.com and, and, and sort of how was your career there? What did you start mm-hmm. as and what did you end as? Yeah, well, it took me three months to get that job. Um, they, I think I had seven interviews because they kept saying, we know we need to create something for you. We just don't know what it is. And I said, that's okay. It's all right. We'll we'll do it together. Um, and, uh, so in the end I joined their sales team, um, again in back in sales, um, I joined the Victorian sales team, um, and, uh, worked really, really hard. I had set myself a goal to join their leadership team within 12 months, um, so I smashed every target um, and uh, moved very quickly into the uh, VIP sales team, which was fabulous. And then I was lucky to, well, I don't know if it's luck or if it was just, again, that opportune moment that I happened to see the CEO entering a lift one day on his own and thought, this is my moment. So I raced you know, over that, to... There was nothing of luck about that. Most people would look at him and go... Oh, that's the CEO. They wouldn't go, right, here's my moment. So I love the way you think. (laughs) I thought to myself, I need to get myself out of this and I need to step myself up onto the next level, literally the next level because the sales team was on one level and the management (laughs) team was on the other. And I was like, I want to go to the next level. And so I raced over to him and um, I asked him if he'd ever been looking at or considered uh, an overseas uh, portal uh, for real estate um, and was the UK. Uh, America or Europe, um, something that he'd be interested in finding out some more about um, to see whether he would see whether we could extend our services from Australia to over there. And he stopped, pressed his hand on the on the lift to stop the lift because he was because we were at his level, and I was like, oh, he's going to get out, and I'm not. <laughs> That's uncomfortable. Um, and he said, yes, absolutely, I have. Um, do you know anything about those markets? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, great, no worries. I'm going in two weeks. Um, go up to HR and tell them that they need to book you a flight. You're coming with me. Oh, wow. Oh, my God, mm. Mia. So which was, which was and, fabulous and until I had to. Until what? <laughs> well, until I had to go home and tell my husband that I was then going to, <laughs> I was then going, leaving to go overseas for, um, and I'm not sure how long with the CEO that, of realestate.com, but it was amazing. <laughs> Amazing. So how long did you go over for? Uh, that first trip was, uh, I just think, two or three weeks and then uh, we ended up acquiring a business over there um, and uh, I ended up taking on a role of uh, developing their sales team um, in the UK. We bought a portal over there and we developed that and then we set up on a mission. There was obviously a group of us that set up a mission to acquire overseas portals. So we then became part of the overseas acquisition team um, and Amazing. we trained sales staff around the globe to so, work with those so is real estate, I never even knew that realestate.com.au was out of Australia at all. So you were part of the, um, I guess, team that, that created the whole overseas thing. Is it still overseas? Is it, is it called realestate.com.au or realestate.co.uk or what? Yeah, great. <laughs> great question. Um, that actually, uh, the overseas acquisitions um, ended up um, coming back to, so all the businesses started coming back to Australia. So the focus started to move back onto a, onto Australia and New Zealand at the time. Okay. So um, so those businesses were sold off and it started to come back. Um, and that, that CEO left the, left the business. Um, and so, no, realestate.com now is focusing much more back right. on the okay. uh, uh, back on the local market. Yeah. So, and so yeah. how, how did your career sort of evolve from there? Yeah, well, so as I said, when I took my maternity leave, I realised that um, that over- right. going back over to overseas was not going to work for me. Um, I ended up um, having two children in two years um, and oh, oh. so that was quite a lot um, yes, and realised. <laughs> really, you've just stuffed your choices for five years when you've got two young kids that are so close together. Wow. Yeah, basically. Um, so I then I looked to what I wanted to do again, which was to which was to help people find that purpose because I felt that's what I needed, that's what I did and what I enjoyed doing so much. So um, I started my own uh, marketing business and I contracted myself just as a contractor and I contracted myself out to um, to several companies. I was really lucky to end up getting long-term contracts. So um, worked with um, some amazing brands. Um, the last one before I moved to where I'm moving here was Indota Spa. So I worked for them for two right. and a half years in their marketing team. 
um, and assisted them with some oh, um, brand lovely. redevelopments and launching a new product line for them and all sorts of uh, things. That was a fabulous experience and amazing, amazing founder. That, that, that- I think, well, I and the marketing team I always thought were good because I don't think that I'm traditionally a sort of a spa market, but I know Endota and I love them and I've given away vouchers and I've gone and had massages and things because they've just done it in a really clever way. So well done. I guess that they was have. partly used. So, uh, well, so, okay, I can't so you, take full, oh, no, no. I, I was going to say, I can't, I can't take all the credit for that. They had an amazing, amazing team. And Melanie Gleason, the founder is a phenomenal lady. And I learned so much from her. She was, she's certainly been one of my inspirers. <laughs> right. Okay. So then you decide to go out on your own contracting. Um, and, 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 and so when did it shift from, I'm going to freelance for other people to, I'm going to bring clients into me? I was kind of doing both at the same time anyway. I was always, I was doing contracts as well as always being asked to do things on the side. And so I was, so I kind of juggled the two for quite a while. Um, It wasn't then until I decided that, uh, well, I can't say just myself, actually, my family, we we started to reassess again what we were doing. Um, We were working, we're living in Manalisa and Victoria, my husband was traveling to the city every day. Um, oh my God. And- was he for, so for anyone that's listening, that's about an hour, hour and a quarter, but also almost from regional to the city, <laughs> you know, it's a bit, it's an exhausting drive. My brother lives down that way now. And I know that it's, although he thinks it's okay to jump on a bike and just ride up to the city for fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, go on. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, no. So we, um, yeah. So, uh, so we just realised that what that meant was is that uh, that we were living almost separate lives because he was travelling to the city all the time, and I was bringing up the children there. um, And we decided that we really wanted to work less and combine, um, I guess, passion and perseverance um, with, uh, you know, with that idea of purpose. Um, and align our values with our lifestyle. So we packed everything up. We, oh, we actually, well, we did. We actually both quit our, our I quit my contract and, and he um, quit his job and we yep. got back in the, we got back in the combi van. We didn't, no, we didn't have a combi van, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> but we, but you we did, did a bit have of a, a trip ca- to move. We, so so we what did, did you do? We had a camp, we had a camp trailer. So we picked yep. up a camp trailer and we traveled for three months um, up the south coast of New South Wales. Oh, how heavenly. And uh, how old were the kids at that stage, like two and three or younger? No, they were, uh, no, they were um, eight and Oh, eight great and age. What a fantastic yeah. age to go travelling with them. Yeah, that was fabulous. Yeah, the school, we did have to ask for permission. We had to say, we've just, mummy and daddy have had a, um, had a bit of a midlife crisis and we're taking our children away for a few months. Um, we'll send us any schooling, we'll try to do it. Yeah. Um, and we passed, uh, we've always come to the, for holidays, we'd always come to the South Coast um, and uh, we decided that after travelling from uh, from Melbourne up to Byron Bay, trying to find uh, where our next place would be, um, we ended up coming back through the little town that I live in now, which is called Eden. Um, and So beautiful. We, it's called the Emerald, mm, isn't it? The Sapphire Coast or Emerald Coast or something. Yeah, the Sapphire Coast. Yeah, yeah. And look, the great thing about about Eden is that it's actually, it's the closest town over the border. So we still actually, we still see ourselves as Victorians as well. And (laughs) we have people dropping over the border to see us, and obviously not during COVID, but, but, you know, they will again. Um, And you're on the way. You're on the way. for. I mean, I have a friend who lives up south of Sydney, and I go that way all the time. And it's, you know, you can't avoid it. So it is a great sort of drop-in place for you. But was there a bit of culture shock? I mean, did you kind of go, oh, my God, I've gone London, Melbourne to a small regional town? How was that for you? Yeah, huge. <laughs> it was huge for all of us. Um, I still, obviously, as parents, you take on that role. We've done it. This is a great decision. Um, and you know, the children, you know, coming home, slamming doors, saying you've ruined our lives. We we're like, no, we really haven't. <laughs> right. um, we've changed your lives. We haven't ruined them. Um, we just need to find how we need to make this our place. So, 
I set aside uh, my, I set aside a lot of time to join all the business groups that I had that I knew of, knew of here. I still had clients back in Melbourne that I was working for, um, and which was fabulous to you know to um, keep me connected. But uh, but I realised that what I really wanted to do was to uh, to work with the local business community. So. I joined every business group I could because I thought that's that's where I feel like I might find the people that I'll most connect with. Um, and I jumped into everything that I possibly could, local committees, all that sort of thing, to meet all the meet all the people. Um, and I developed a really deep understanding of the challenges that the region faces in a very very short amount of time. And one of the things that uh, that made me want to to develop what I have now is that everybody just told me that my children would leave. And I was like, what do you mean they would leave? Why would they leave this beautiful place? We've just arrived. <laughs> and they they all told me that your children will just grow up and just leave because there's nothing here for them. And so I set about to try and create something that they would want to stay for and that offered them the opportunity to design their own future, have their own careers um, and still be able to live somewhere that they wanted to live but still get a great education and still be able to have great opportunities. So You are an amazing woman. No, I, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone doing that before but it's so true because people kind of go, yeah, exactly why they'd leave. So what have you built? What did you do? Well, I, it's interesting because I've always, I've had my own business uh, for a very, very long time and never thought that I would ever look for employment again. But um, I jumped onto Seek for one day um, and there was a job uh, that had been listed uh, for the federal government um, and the University of Wollongong here um, to lead an innovation hub. And I thought, you wow. know what, I love technology. I love data. I'm a bit geeky. You know, I love working with businesses. Uh, you know, I, I love helping people um, and I love helping people find their purpose, as I've always said. So um, when that role came up, I jumped on board. And I, so I've been, I, I helped develop uh, an ecosystem here of, uh, of entrepreneurship um, and regional innovation um, and um, have done that for the last couple of years. Amazing. Oh, you are so mm. inspiring. I love the way that, um, you know, if things aren't right, you just change them or make them or make it happen. And that is really, I mean, it's, it's a great life lesson for anyone that would be listening because it is true. If things aren't right, you can actually change them. You don't have to whinge about it. You don't have to kind of complain and think, what can I do or leave? You can just invent, you know, create it. It's brilliant. So yeah, I still remember when people would come around, they'd drop their children off to my house or whatever, and I'd meet them for the first time. And they'd say to me, so why don't you move here? People like you don't move here. And I would say, <laughs> and I, I would always have a little chuckle and I just, and I'd say, but I am just like you, you know, I, I'm just, right. you know, I'm just like you and you're just like me. It's just, it's just that, that I think big um, and I don't, you know, and I, I ensure that if I, if I want something to be different, I just, I go about setting about what it is to make that change, which is, why I knew that I needed to help other businesses do that. And uh, I loved the fact that the innovation hub that we ran, uh, we actually attracted 95% of the founders that came through that innovation hub for women. That uh, is, was, you know, so obviously beautiful. I'm cheering like mad in the background here. <laughs> Isn't that interesting though? Yeah. So the guys I'm guessing, and, and, and so I'll posit my idea and then you can tell me whether it's true or not, that the guys there are involved in the farming and the traditional kind of roles and the wives and girlfriends and, and you know, single women as well, I'm sure, are the ones who have a bit of time and they have to think outside the square because if you don't want to work at the butchers or the or the baker, what else are you going to do in that town? You've got to start thinking, okay, I could do something online. And, and go and find out about it. Is that, do you think, why? I mean, why so many women? I love this idea, or the, <laughs> the, the result anyway. Yeah, so I think there's a whole lot of things. I think um, in a regional town, uh, it's, there's not a lot of employment um, in within this region. Uh, you know, is there, there's not, uh, we don't have a lot of big industry here. So the industries here have traditionally been fishing and forestry, uh, you know, and uh, obviously we've have had Big Cheese here, which is one of the fabulous brands that yes. have come out of the region. Uh, and you've you got know, the, and the giant cheese on the hill that you used to be able to drive past. I think the freeway <laughs> now is bypassing it, but that was always That's a true. landmark for me that I knew that, we, you know, once you're in Bega, you're on the right track. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I love those big, those big things we have in town. Know, Branding, it's fabulous. <laughs> they are fantastic. Um, they are. Okay, yeah, but, go on. But, yeah, so I think, um, I think traditionally, uh, you know, 
the region in the regions there is so much foundation for um, for development growth for ideas um, and for uh, for inspiration to uh, for people to make their own change because they haven't had it come to them easily. Um, right. And women in particular, you know, either are being, you know, they've that if they don't want to follow those traditional pathways of fishing and forestry and, you know, yeah. um, you know, and retail, you know, that's yeah, another retail. one that's, I guess, a little bit traditional. This area is very tourism-led as well. So, you know, um, if you're not in those industries, then um, then I think what happens is women decide that, that they can do something different. We've all seen it. Um, I think it all starts when we do get those opportunities to take a little break in our life, whether it be from maternity leave or whether it be for moving to somewhere different or whatever their reason is. Or COVID, that's right, had all sorts of changes. Yes. Um, but that's, that gives women a great chance to um, to see the skills that they actually have and to recognise those skills. And, you know, that's when we can bring those skills together and, and bring women together that, that we just, with the magic happens and, and is created um, and those ideas go from being, you know, a startup idea to a scale-up idea, um, you know, and then, you know, so one of the businesses in particular that, that I've been working with is just one in four categories of the the um, Osmumpreneur Awards just recently. Amazing. Women, oh, that's fantastic. You know. Can you give us a shout-out? What's the name of the business? Uh, Saranen Organics and Kay Saranen is the most inspirational uh, founder that I that I've met in a very long time. She's just fabulous. She um she all her property got almost burnt down in the fires. Oh, so God, that's so a whole nother story. <laughs> but, um, oh. but she's recovered uh, amazingly, and uh, you know permaculture background, um, you know has now developing organic skincare, um, and yeah has just battled through the toughest couple of years but has got a, the most solid business um, and oh, is now being recognised. Yeah. And is she thinking Australia, global? I mean, is she, as a founder, is she kind of, I guess because she's working with you, there are no limits? Is she kind of like, you know, this could become a big global brand? Yeah, so one of the things that we did at the Innovation Hub is always is always teach people to think big and to think global yes. and, and to have those global capabilities. She definitely does have them um, because of her product, in, um, you know, being organic. There's obviously lots of different things involved in that. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. But um, but she definitely has that capability and, uh, you know, we are working with her at the moment to develop, um, you know, her export you know, potential, you know, when it's, when it's right. But yeah, yeah, she, she's certainly wow. one that'll be, that'll be one to watch. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So um, my next question is because um, we're part of She's the Boss and it's all about women. I always like to ask people, have there been some women that have helped you along the way? And if so, and you're happy to tell us how they've helped you or their names, it's always nice to give a shout out for someone else. Is there anyone that kind of stands out for you or a couple of people that stand out for you? Yeah, well, firstly, aren't women amazing? I mean, we're pretty amazing yes. that we have all the essentials of life within <laughs> us. Um, and we're so nurturing that we just want to give those to other people. I think that's so amazing. So, so um, you know, on an, on an individual level, yes, I've had some people that have, that have assisted me. I've always reached out to mentors and coaches, um, you know, and always been honoured when somebody has uh, – taken me under their wing or seen something special in me and said, Absolutely. hey, listen, we should be, you know, we should do this. Uh, so there's two women that stand out uh, the most to me, uh, especially at the, since I've moved here to the South right. Coast, which I guess was a light bulb moment for me in terms of the changes um, because since I've been here, obviously we have had bushfires and COVID and, and I, you know, whilst, Obviously, COVID's hit the whole world. Um, I never really understood what it actually meant to be told that, you know, your town was going to burn down in an hour and, you know, the closing oh, all the roads. Yeah, um, my God. I, I should have asked you about that, actually. I mean, <laughs> how was that? Because it was terrible around there. You were almost trapped. You were surrounded by fire. Yeah, look, some of those, are, I mean, we, everyone, I was talking to someone the other day and they said they'll never get that vision of Eden out of their head where they saw yeah, people on the on the wharf um, being told that if they didn't leave that minute that a whole town was being closed down um, and literally it was black skies and awful. It was, uh, look, it was a really challenging time. But, again, uh, I have to say that something that came from that, I believe that you can get anywhere but is a lot easier to get in the regions is community. The community yes. that pulls together at times like that is just where your spirit 
um, knows that that it's the right place to be, you know. So That's right. and when people bond. help each other through strengthens because you've all been in it together and nobody else can experience it like you guys can but no, I mean absolutely it mm. was horrific and I'm you know I fear for not fearful but I had some friends up in um near Mogo and they had they were evacuated four times over you know from mm. from um New Year's Day New Year's Eve whatever it was right the way through January it just kept on happening and I thought how hard is that this year coming up with summer coming up? I mean, thank God it's been wetter, but it's got to affect how you feel about summer coming for the next few years, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, I have to say last summer was pretty awful. So last summer uh, I'm a, such a beach girl and it's, it's part of my regular routine is, is that I do have to go and put my toes in the water regardless of in the ocean, regardless of how cold it is. Um, yeah. And so to not be able to do, to not be able to enjoy um, you know, the, the beach, because, I mean, we lived, it was, you know, as you were just saying in Mogo and um, I was working with some businesses up there as well. And, you know, when you have like, you know, 45 days where you're on high alert, I you, know. get to, you get to a point where like I remember saying to my husband, oh, it's okay that it's still only 5Ks away. We'll be fine. We've got enough time to get to the shops and back. We'll be good, you know, before we had to evacuate. You <laughs> know, like uh. crazy. Um, but, um, but yeah, what that, what that really does is, is make you realize also that this summer is a, is a time for us to switch back around to, to enjoy it. We've had a lot of, we've had a reasonable amount of rain. It's so beautiful. It was actually a beautiful, and I obviously want to say this with so much sensitivity, but when COVID, um, when COVID, obviously the first outbreak of COVID happened and we all went into those stage three lockdowns, which we did here as well, um, it was almost a relief because we'd had so much movement where we had yes. to get off our lands and we had to, you know, we had to go to evacuation centres or, you know, or private, um, you know, accommodation somewhere else or whatever it was that was your safe haven. Um, and so to actually then have to spend time back in your back in your place your was actually home. quite... Yeah, and be back in your own your own place and be able to be able to uh, really see everything regenerate and actually notice the flowers come back out and notice the grass grow again and you know all those beautiful things. Yeah. It was actually quite a healing time. Um, obviously, no one wanted it or expected it to go no, for as long. No, no, but but I have talked with a lot of people about it. You know, it's it's been incredibly negative for some people, but it has actually been a gift for other people and the and the, and it's been a gift to the planet. Let's be honest as well, because it yeah. just stopped everything and we Absolutely. all got to see what it would be like without factories pumping stuff out and and into rivers and out into the atmosphere. And, I mean, those photos that they showed of um, fish in Venice again in the water, you know, that you could actually see, you know, and then in in Delhi because I've spent a bit of time in India, (laughs) in Delhi instead of it being that you couldn't see past the end of your nose, you know, all of a sudden it was blue skies and and they discovered mountains in the distance that they hadn't seen. So it was, you know, beautiful. Beautiful on the one hand and, and, and awful on the other. It was, it was. So there was two women that came into my life at that point that, that helped that suddenly um, helped me and I, and, and I then connected with instantly. Um, yeah. One was an amazing um, songwriter, facilitator and coach called Corinne Gibbons and her business is Discover Your Voice. Um, okay. And I, I connected with her um, uh, at uh, an event um, yes. But then later on, uh, she helped helped bring a group of young children, and my son uh, attended that online class during the time when they couldn't go to school to come together uh, inter- with international students around the world um, to create a song. And I was just blown oh, away at yeah. the the beauty and how that actually assisted my son to get to come through a time of COVID. Um, and I now reach out to her uh, as well for, for personal mentoring and personal coaching, um, and she's been helping me discover my voice, and it's been so beautiful. She's even got me singing sometimes, which I I'm not Fantastic. a singer. Fantastic. Um, so she's she she's sounds amazing. Someone, she does sound amazing. Yeah, she's been someone who just who really just helped. I guess at a time where we'd been through bushfires, we'd been through we were going through COVID. She just reached me out because it's, I've loved music all my life. It's what's what's often got me through, and to then be able to actually connect my voice to music was was very very special. The other lady is a lady who I know you know very very well, um, and there's actually two. Can I sneak two in? Yes, you, um, can. you can sneak in <laughs> as many as you want. I can sit well, and no. listen to amazing women for about half an hour. But although I've just realised the time, uh, so I know, but, I know, yeah, we need on, to wrap it up soon. 
Um, well, that's Christina and Lisa from Singularity yeah. University. Um, while we were going through um, the ch- changes and the challenges to our own businesses and to our environments, I reached out to Singularity University and, and did a whole, did several of their online learning courses and programs, um, and just fell in love with uh, with them and all of the ideas that they were doing, all of the missions that they had totally felt connected to um, to them um, and so much so that I'm now in the process of, of setting up a chapter in Beaver Valley for Singularity University. Um, Fantastic. So that, I just yeah, think so. I, I, I had never heard of it really before I stumbled across them. I got an introduction from somebody who had run some events for them and I, exactly the same, completely blown away, blown away by their purpose, love the way that they want disruptors, love that they want to help people and a billion people seems like a fantastic goal for me. You know, mm. I just I just love everything about them. So, And they're so warm and generous and, and lovely, those women so I I, I, I second you <laughs> oh I know I'm actually so excited because I'm going to do an executive uh, I'm doing executive program with them next week so I get to spend uh, three and a half wow. days um, online with them and their team and I'm so excited about that so yeah they're um, and so they've definitely changed um, changed me because again and changed everything that I want to do again stepped it to that next level so again about you know about let's create that change that we want want to be in the in the region um, that, that you are and uh, you know some, and learn how to um, to assist the communities that you live in. Amazing. Oh, I love those women as well. And we've um and I've got TV interviews with them for anyone who might be listening. The She's the Boss show yeah. on YouTube uh, with both of those women. Both extraordinary too. Both have amazing backgrounds. I, I was really thrilled to interview them. Okay, so um we're gonna run out of time very soon, but tell me Let's go. Is there one? Well, I don't even know whether should we do the pivotal moments <laughs> question because we've kind of done it, I guess, a bit. Or have you got yeah. something different that you wanted no, to talk about? I guess that. I guess really, there was. Uh, I guess the most pivotal moment in my career has probably been when when we lived through the black summer of 2020. Um, but, um, but that also has been the most positive and most inspiring time of, um, of my life, and and uh, really showed me that, you know, to be the leader um, that I am, that I really need to, need to, I want to reach out and show everyone else how they can also be the leaders that, you know, that they need to be. What I saw during that time was a whole lot of people that had to do things that they didn't have the experience to do. They did it because just, just naturally it felt like the right thing to do. Um, But, uh, you know, but there was also, you know, a lot of support that was required and still needed, you know, to get through something like that. So that was def, that was definitely um, a pivotal moment, but I mean, and also, working with, you know, over 120 businesses, you know, to get through that period of time was just so rewarding and a huge turning point in my career to know what my purpose and to definitely know that that was my purpose. <laughs> I love it when you when you absolutely find it and it, and then everything kind of seems easy all of a sudden. <laughs> it's yeah, it it's just, weird, isn't it? When you, when you know you're on the right track, then there are no obstacles that you can't jump over, uh, which yeah, is just absolutely. so wonderful. Um, okay. Uh, look, a couple of silly little questions. Do you, how do you juggle work and life? So, and that question is more about, because there's, we all know as female founders that when you're running your own business, it can become overwhelming. I'm interested to find out if people carve out time for themselves or if it's all quite seamless and you just do what needs to be done, whether it's weekends, evenings during the day, or whether you're confining it to sort of working hours ish. So what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the question, do I juggle my work and my work life? Probably not at all. I do that really right. badly. I'm actually really, I, I, I don't. Um, I don't juggle. I cross pollinate all the time, um, but I do that for a reason. And I, I believe that my that my work life. Um, needs to be part of, um, of my life. Um, I want my children to understand that, um, you know, that I do more than, yes. you know, the, than keep the house going and make sure that their clothes are washed yeah, and you know, that they're sent off to school for, with a lunch every day. Um, I want them to see that there, there's a lot more that I want them to strive for, um, for that as well. Particularly important because I've got uh, two boys that I want them to learn, um, you know, that, that women aren't always available you know, for, uh, and at the beck and call, you know, there's times when. I think I'm teaching my boys that as well. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But, but I was going to go back, I was going to go back to when you know what your purpose is and you've got passion around Mm -hmm. it, then really, you know, it's like 
lots of people I will say to them, you know, the same question and they'll go, but when I do what I love so much, it's not work. So it doesn't fit into that sort of, you know, no, nine exactly. to five thing. And, and no. I understand that totally. Yeah, yeah. But, look, I've got a pretty strict routine. I wake up at, at 5.30 um, and I'm at the gym at 6. So I come home wow. um, and I always go for a walk on the beach um, with my husband and we have a coffee on the beach, um, you know, until 7. Um, and, you know, and then I always make time to um, to put my kids on the bus and tell them that I love them and that I'll, and I always try I try my hardest as um, to always be here when they come home from school just to welcome welcome yep. them home then they know that I'm busy for another few hours um, but we always then together as a family go back for a walk on the beach at the end of the day and, and just debrief on the day and regroup so um, I guess I've just become very uh, very capable of uh, of having those strict time zones yeah yeah. And I can see the benefits of moving up to nice regional um, Eden <laughs> where you can go to the beach every day in the evening with your family. How lovely. Okay, last yes. question is one that a journalist suggested that I ask and I absolutely love asking everyone because the answers are so different. Uh, is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you'd be prepared to share with us? And it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm totally obsessed with essential oils. <laughs> so right. I have I've got like so many. These are just ones that I've got. Oh my on god, me. I'm looking but I'm then, looking for anyone who's listening. Oh my she's gosh, already, she's got then, them sitting around her in front of the computer. I do and then just and at times when I'm working with my clients and things, I just I constantly smell I'll put them on me depending on what my mood is. Oh um, I have I have a diffuser in every room of my house I'm totally obsessed um no. so have you studied it what is what's the what's the essential <laughs> oils thing what's that homeopathy or something no I think it was something that I learned at Indota Spa actually I think it was one of those oh, one of those yeah. things that I loved that environment that it created so I, I spend because uh, I get up at 5 30 um the very first thing I do is go and fill all the, all the diffusers up and, and choose an oil for the day and put it through the whole house There's oh my about, god you're amazing yeah. how fantastic would that be I love that. Now, Mia, um, we're going to have to go, and I've absolutely loved, really, really loved hearing your story. If anyone (laughs) wants to get hold of you, what's the best way to do to do that? Yeah, so they can jump onto my website, uh, which is maisie.com.au. That's probably the best way. Otherwise, they can connect with me um, on Facebook. Um, otherwise, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's probably okay. the best way to do that as well, to find me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Um, well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your journey, for telling me what you're up to. You're an absolutely incredible woman. I'm so glad that I met you, actually. I just love everything that you've done. So thank you for joining me. Well, I would like to say that it, that the honour's all mine because I'm, uh, I feel very honoured to be in your company as well. And <laughs> Thank oh you so much goodness. for inviting like me to share this time Mutual Admiration Society. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Thank you I so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.